Semis, no, finals, semis, finals. This year, it's, it's our year. This team is uh, is very unique, and it's been a special group, and I'm sure it's going to be a tough game against either Hill House or Cross, so hopefully we can figure it out. So, so we love that we get to play in the championship, the chance to play our title, and we're going to come our hardest, so let's be ready. I think they are motivated, kind of, you know, they feel like they had an opportunity to beat Notre Dame those two games, they had an opportunity to beat Hill House those two games, and so they felt they just wanted one more shot at redemption. Hello everybody and welcome once again to Courtside with Joe Morelli. Joe Morelli, of course, is the head boys basketball beat writer for Game Time CT in the Hearst Connecticut Media Group, and I'm your host, Sean Patrick Bowley, and that topped the show, a busy week in boys basketball league tournaments. Just some absolutely crazy stuff happening from the FCAC to the SECs. But the big news last night was Sacred Heart finally going down after 125 games. They lost their first loss in six years. They, the last time they lost was the NBL championship game to Crosby and all the way back on March 5th, 2014. Joseph, we thought they were going to lose at one point. We did not think they were going to lose to, basically, which has been a Jekyll and Hyde Holy Cross team in the uh, semifinals before the, even the, the, the NVL championship game. We're going to have our first NVL final without Crosby, without Sacred Heart since 2012. It's going to be Holy Cross and Naugatuck. And at the top of the show, we heard a little bit from that, uh, th thanks to Chris Saunders from the WATR. We, we heard a little bit from, from the SEC uh, semifinals last night, uh, which was Notre Dame and Wilbur Cross setting up the rematch, defending champ Cross, the sixth seed, finally beating Hill House 63-53, and Notre Dame just absolutely burying Hamden in, in, the, in the second half, 72-54. to 50. jo jo 54. Joseph, how are you? Crazy week in uh, boys well, basketball. Well, yeah, uh, obviously, other than the aforementioned SEC MVL, Almost everybody else will be playing Tuesday, Thursday tonight, semis, Thursday night final. Look, I I, I picked Sacred Heart to lose in Naugatuck. They didn't. They played great in the fourth quarter. Again, not having been there, I am genuinely surprised. In fact, I'm probably more shocked. <laughs> and in fact, if you gave me another chance, I probably would still pick Sacred Heart. But listen, it, I know eventually you're going to lose. I'm I'm kind of dumbfounded because, again, when we were at the SECs last night, so I'm really kind of surprised that, that that happened. Well, you were saying about Holy Cross, uh, you know, kind of a weird team all season long. Like, the best guys aren't in playing. Well, Achille Evans was, is an internal decision by the team, according to Waterbury Republican American. He's not did not play in the tournament. So without their alleged best player, they beat him. So maybe, I don't want to say addition by subtraction, but maybe, you know, who knows if they win with him. So, again, great job. Uh, Ryan Olsen and, and those guys to beat them. They basically were ahead most of the way. 
you know, and like you said, no Crosby, no Sacred Heart, but you do have Naugatuck, and maybe it's their time. Yeah, I, I would think that they haven't won a league championship since way back. Uh, although I think Holy Cross, I mean, can they can they rise up again? I mean, uh, I don't know. It it just seemed like a perfect storm there. I mean, even even uh, Tierney, their big uh, seven footer, he he left. He didn't play the second half. I don't know how much of an impact he had. I mean, Washington did everything he could. Um, he had twenty five points, but. Uh, but you know, it was just a matter of time. We thought they were going to lose. We just didn't think they were going to lose this this late in the game. I mean, I thought they might lose Wednesday. I probably would have picked Sacred Heart just because they play with such moxie and, and confidence, and they don't rattle. And you know, again, uh, outside of that locker room, I don't, I can't see how anybody could have thought that Holy Cross was going to win. Outside of the Holy Cross locker room, you'd be hard pressed to sell me that you thought Holy Cross was going to win the game. No. And I I, I want to hear from you. I mean, t- tweet at me if you really thought. I mean, pr- show me proof because, like I said, I'd sit here and pick Sacred Heart today. So, you know, that's a great job by them. That's the story of the se- the story of the season, easily the story of the league tournaments. And um, again, I mean, it, it was. I'm not gonna say changing the guards too soon for that, but a great job by Holy Cross. Now, can they rise up again against Nogatuk, who is certainly gonna have, to me, I think the home court advantage at Wilby with the fans. Yeah, I mean, if you're in Augustuck, this is it, man. Yeah, this is your time. You better get this done. Uh, there's no right. excuses now. I mean, uh, you know, Holy Cross, yeah, they knock off Sacred Heart. It just was going to happen. But um, elsewhere, we had uh, in the, up in the SECs over at the, the New Haven Athletic Center, the Floyd Little Athletic Center, no contest, really. I mean, uh, Notre Dame just absolutely buried Hamden with three, ten three-pointers. Um, all, all through three quarters. Yeah, Amadou Kamara and uh, and all those guys were just hitting from long range. Just, yep. just Hamden, whatever Hamden gets it within, they got, what was it, 29 all. tied at 29 all. Notre Dame scores, outscores them 9-1 to to end the quarter. And then, I mean, they went into the zone around that time. Yeah. And then they just started raining more threes. And it just... Making everything and and Hamden just kind of I hate you know, they they fell apart. I mean they didn't know how to react. They got hit with a couple one two punch and they combo and they, they just didn't respond. And Hillhouse last night against Cross, you know Hillhouse beats Cross in a couple of pretty good games than the, the yeah. two times they met. No. And this time it, they look like they just ran out of gas. I, I mean even they look like a team that beaten a team twice and they look like they were laissez faire. And Cross took it to them. You know give Cross credit. They played well. They've been playing well in this tournament for now for a couple of years. Yeah, they had to survive Shelton, though. That was another one. You know, they, Yeah, well, they didn't listen. Shelton was better than I thought. They hadn't really played any. Their schedule was kind of not uh, the greatest. Yeah, I hate that. And it's just the way it is. And then their division, that's the way it just lined up. But they're better than I gave them credit for. Hmm. So, in turn, Cross probably took them, got out to a good start, took them lightly, and, and they're in the game. But they made plays down the stretch. And Cross made plays throughout tonight. Now, we have a rematch. Can Notre Dame finally win its first SEC championship? D- to me, I we'll see. But I, and I got to think about my pick, and I'll make it tonight. But you know, to me, the pressure's on squarely on Notre Dame's shoulders, not on Cross. Yeah, I mean, Cross is kind of playing with you know house no money. Pun, no pun intended house, house money, money. Sorry, well, <laughs> you know, and, and and here's the thing. Now the it's been a while since Hillhouse has won a title. I mean, the last time they won it was when they beat Tremont. Yeah. At Quinnipiac, so they for yeah, a prop program, like, yeah. But this is hell. We're talking about the certain programs that losing is not accepted. No, and well, that's one of those programs. And it's nothing against the coaches or anything else. It's 
what have you done? And they didn't even get to the final the last couple of years. Yeah, they were clearly, clearly disappointed. But, you know, this is the thing about this tournament, uh, these league tournaments. Yeah, you, you win the league tournament, but it really depends on how you do in, in the state tournament. Uh, you know, Sacred Heart's got, you know, they're going to be. Yeah, but they're all, all those teams, all the teams we mentioned, other than Holy Cross, I'm I not sure if Holy Cross is in one. I don't think they are. They're all in, in Naugatuck's in two. The rest of them are in one. So yeah. you're only going to get one champion. And we've talked about the gauntlet yeah. of going through that. And it's going to be hard for any of these teams, Sacred Heart, any of them, to win five games or four games. Yeah, no, it's going to be tough. But I mean, what my, my point was basically Sorry. that that Wilbur Cross, you know, remember they won the SEC tournament and then they got they got shown the door by Hill House in the in the yes. uh, in the in the Division One tournament. So you know, you really want to you want to play well here, no question about it. But it's also about you know getting yourself ready to play well in the, in the next tournament. And granted, that's a that's a really tough tournament. Uh, to win Division One, I. I was up at the CCCs this weekend, and I, I got to see uh, I got to see the the big anticipated East Catholic uh, Bristol Central rematch um, <laughs> with Donovan Klingon. You know, now he's a little, you know last time admittedly under the weather. Maybe he was going to bring it this time, and East Catholic just ran circles around him. He had his points. He had twenty eight points, but so did Matt Knowing of East Catholic, and and everybody was hitting from everywhere in that game. You know, you had Hood hitting it, you had Hurley, you had. You know, how about by the way, how about how about Dan Hurley, the UConn coach? They play a game at two o'clock, okay, in East, down East in North, Carolina. down in East Carolina. Carolina, and then by seven o'clock, he was in the building at Buckley High School to to catch his kids' team play, and and, and you know. As Tim Barrett, the Bristol Central coach, said after the game, they look like the number one team in the state well, at that, at let that me, point. Let me ask you this. Compared to the team you saw at Windsor and seeing the scores, how they've blown everybody out, how much better are they playing? They're playing a lot better. I mean, they were just they were just locked in, zoned in. I mean, they just they were running all sorts of sets just to get around clinging and, you know, back doors and – you know, all think all sorts of stuff to get guys open, and, and knowing it's just that's why he's I, just an animal. That's why Luke's one of the best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the they guy knew exactly can coach. What I mean, he's got talent, and he can coach. I mean, everybody like to have that kind of talent, and you know, and X's and O's and stuff like that. But yeah. that, they're they have just dominated everybody. And I, I, I'm I, really. I, I don't just. I, I mean, my picks are already on game time, so you can see them or use it for bolt and board material, use it for darts, whatever you want to do. But I, I will tell you, uh, Northwest Catholic has a chance. Yeah, tonight. I think, I tonight's the CCC be, tournament. Gonna, right, I think it's going to be a rematch Thursday. Though. Windsor versus North. I listen. I was really impressed with North Catholic. I don't know how that team lost. Matt Curtis is good. Matt Curtis, who's I guess Matt Curtis is old man. The, the old Cheshire, Cheshire Matt Curtis. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. And um, anyway, so he listen. He's a sophomore, and he's going to be really good. I was really impressed. I only got there at, at, toward the end of the first half because uh, I had to get up and, you know, 11 o'clock game. That's tough going from New Haven to Hartford. But yes. uh, but that was an absolutely uh, dismantling. They had a Manchester. Now, you know, they have to take their shot at Windsor, a Windsor team that looked great in the first half. I mean, they were doing all their tricks. They had the they were doing the razzle dazzle dunks and all that stuff. And they were up by 16 points. And it, and it looked like they were just going to roll into the semifinals. But, you know, Farmington. You know, which 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 lost Muma, and he he transferred. Yes, right. And you know, it was it, but a lot of the same guys who won the Division Three championship last year. There a lot of them were back, and they they showed up in the second half. And Windsor, it took a little while, I mean, but you know what, Corey McKeithen was tremendous. I mean, every time they needed a big basket, he would drive in and you know do a little razzle dazzle himself and and score. It, they just but you know, Farmington hung around, hung around, hung around. I'm really anxious now. Uh, with the pressure on to see what Northwest Catholic does tonight, I don't think they win, but I, you know what? I'm really anxious to see what happens in that game. 
and you know, I think East Catholic obviously is going to roll through Glastonbury and get to that final. If it's not East Catholic Windsor in the final, it's going to be kind of a dis- disappointment because we really want, want that rematch. Yeah, it's, you don't get too. It's not too often these days you're going to have two coaches with over 500 wins. In fact, it might be the only matchup we see. Mirabelle, John Mirabella of Northwest Catholic, and of course. Kenny Smith of uh, Windsor. Yeah, so that should be really fascinating up there at, at Buckley. Uh, over in an FCAC, you know, I, did you get, I sent it to you, but you must you listen to Chris Russo on Mad Dog Unleashed. Chris yes. Russo starting his show off with a 12-minute homage to uh, Buddy Bray of, of, of he's the, Trumbull. He's the Trumbull coach. <laughs> Buddy Bray of Trumbull. Uh, you know, an homage to him for, for, for beating West Hill to send – the Rams, uh, Russo's Rams, because his kid plays, uh, to the FCAC quarterfinals of the eighth seed against Richfield. And uh, and as uh, our, our guy Pete Paguaga, who was at that uh, tournament, told us, Russo showed up. He was in his ripped jeans. He was hanging out. And he was holding court. Everyone was surrounding him. They're all talking to him. And it was... <laughs> buddy Bray! The great buddy, Mike Krzyzewski! The hell with my guy. Let's hire him. Buddy Bray! Goes out there and gets his team to respond, and they win the game, and Ukainen makes the FCAC County playoffs. It was hysterical, that, I, I that opening. To Good to see a little FCAC hoops make the uh, the national uh, XM rate series. It XM was, radio. I, I listened to it on my way up to watch Xavier and Sheen in the uh, first round of the SEC yeah. tournament, and it was entertaining because, again, he was because he was sitting there watching the feed for the yeah for the. Um, Trumbull McMahon game. It was McMahon, right. It was McMahon. And they forced overtime, and by that time, I guess Nuke Canaan was blowing out Staples? Yeah, it was Bridgeport Central. Central, sorry. Which, and, um, Right, exactly. Amazing. That's a whole other story yeah. for time. But, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, you know, and they got the eighth seed, and, of course, Richfield scored the first 17 against them on the Saturday and showed them the door. Yeah, but, uh, which is fine by Russo because Russo was going, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's going he, to St. Martin's. He's already there enjoying himself. But yeah. beside the point, <laughs> Rich, hey, listen, Richfield has played very well. And obviously they've been – they're the top seed, but the underlying story here is even though they almost lost on Saturday to Wilton, Trinity Catholic is closing. If those yeah. who don't know, the school is closing at the end of the year. That was really – oof. So that happened. That, not, kind of that was punch. announced on Thursday, and uh, and it had been rumored for a while, and it's too bad for those kids. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who probably aren't disappointed oh, yeah. because they don't like – they never you know, there's, for whatever there's, reason, but you know yeah. what? It's Brian Kripter. He's been only coaching there a couple of years. Mike Walsh is assistant on the staff. They are a dangerous team at the twenty seed. Don't they're the ten seed? Well, whatever they are, they could face Hill House. They could face Hill House in the second round in New Haven on Wednesday. They're a dangerous team in Division mm-hmm. One because they have not lost since Malcolm Newman has been eligible to play. Yeah, um, they, you know, Abdul Rasul hit the the three pointer from the right side. It was the only three pointer of the game uh, to take down Wilton. I'm really anxious to see how they do uh, in the the rest of this tournament. Tonight. Staples went down. You know, you have Ward advancing. You have Ludlow advancing. The two Fairfield schools have been pretty good this season, and then Ridgefield is really kind of separating itself. I rolled the dice with Ludlow. I think Ludlow's going to win. All right. Well, well, it's been a weird, weird FCA. Yeah, I would not be has. shocked to see, as you just said, I would not be shocked to see Trinity Catholic. Trinity Catholic, a little bit of a chip on its shoulder. This is the last go-around. I mean, think of all the great players and great teams that they have had at least over, you know, the last 20, 25 I years. I up at UConn. Yeah. Rashmel I mean, Jones, Jones, Jones kind of kicked it off in the in the right. early 90s. And then you had Craig Austry when, I, when I started. Yeah. McClure. 
you had uh, just a, a just a great run there. Nobody could beat them really uh, until Bassick did DJ it. DJ Trimbola goes to Vermont. You got the other kids, Screlge, Chris Screlge went to Brown. That's the yeah. only had four Division One players. Oh, it was you know, and they were their battles yeah. with 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 Crosby back in the mid two thousands and. They, they were virtually untouchable, especially in the FCAC back then. And if they were to face Hillhouse, and I would think it's going to happen in New Haven, in the little gym, not in the field house. It's already been determined, so get yeah. there early. What I will tell you is the last time they faced each other, we were there. Oh, my God, yeah. You were at the post. That's I was right. at the registers before game time CT was even a thought. <laughs> 2005 semifinals, Division One. even then, at Fairfield Ward, <sighs> double overtime. I watched wins. that game from the hallway. I wasn't even covered because it wasn't wasn't a post team back then. Trinity was was more of an advocate team, Correct. and then obviously advocate. Hill House yep. was was New Haven Register. And I remember being I don't remember where I was or why I was able to go there. Uh, I don't know if I had a game. I, I think all my teams got knocked out. Wasn't that the year? No, it wasn't the year that that Harding got knocked out. But there, there uh, for whatever reason, I had. No, I, it wasn't. It was the year after. It was the year after, but. Uh, for whatever reason, I went down to Ward. I'm like, I gotta see this game, and I got in there, and it was there were people standing in the hallway trying to like look over each other, into the, the you know, and you know how big that gym is. It's a big gym, yeah. And it was just overflowing, you know. Just it was just one of the great games that I've ever seen, you know. And I didn't even cover it. And this will be the last. I mean, they haven't played since then. This will be the last time these two Warrior teams play each other. And uh, I'm interested to see how Hillhouse reacts. Off Here, of, he, uh, here's a. Here's uh, Trinity Catholic coach Brian Crifter on you know what it meant to get, get the news that the school is going to close and then go into the tournament and what that's going to mean that's going to mean to the team. Like we talked about it, but it's not it's that's not we came at this thing from the beginning of the year and said we really want to do special things to a special group and uh, and so we're just thinking about it and saying all right survive in advance move on. Um, what I said to them in the locker room the other day we had a long talk about it and we said look. There are five seniors on this team. We were never going to be the same team next year anyway. And so, yeah, there's a lot of emotion about what next year, a lot of uncertainty about what next year holds. And we'll have plenty to talk about that as soon as the season's over, for sure. So, obviously, they have something to play for there at Trinity. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would love to see Trinity make a make a run for old time's sake. Maybe if that means taking down Hill House, who knows? I think they have a great shot at doing that. Yeah, well, first they got to worry about the FCAC. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think it'll be a great game of war tonight. Uh, coming up, we haven't talked about the, these guys much <laughs> coming up on the show. We have two guests this week. Yeah, two. We have we have Nelson Mingachos from Immaculate. We're going to bring him on in just a second. And then we're going to bring on our old pal, the Sports Doctor. Talk a little ECC. We talked about NFA last week. So we'll get that in. The ECC championship is tonight, uh, Tuesday, March the 3rd. And then obviously the SWC Immaculates. Nobody touching them so far. Immaculate is hosting Newtown in the SWC semifinals. Uh, the SWC, just quickly before we get to Nelson, really, <laughs> I know, where you're going. Re- I, I know it might be a ref thing, but the SWC is doing itself no favors by splitting up its tournament. But that it's was the just, coach's decision. Is splitting up your ago. tournament? You, don't don't blame us if we can't cover it. So just FYI, you know, you're splitting everything up. Everyone wants to see teams all at once. That's what makes these tournaments so much fun, and the SWC is completely just taking its tournament right out of the mix. It was always second fiddle to the FCAC, fine, and the SEC, I get it, CCC as well, but, you know, you guys are not doing any yourselves any favors by splitting this thing up. It's well, just for as far as PR is concerned, getting people interested in your tournament, splitting it up, putting it at different sites all throughout the tournament, 
not a good idea. I agree in some extent because you can't see them all in one place. I don't but, know if we could still cover it, but hey. But if the coaches want to have home court advantage mean something, and in the case of Immaculate, you get two home games, I don't fault them for that. But again, it's if you're going to pick and choose where you're going to go, you're going to you only can pick one game and just go see, whereas you could see four on a Saturday. And it's a no-brainer where you're going to go. I love that when they played like Bunnell or Stratford or you know even played the Sheen Center. I don't care. I mean, but they played get Massic, a good... They played it in different places. Yeah, and, so. I, know. I you know Massic's always been a good spot. It's right there in the center. I know the SUC's kind of spread out, but you're not doing yourself any favor, guys. Just. Just don't complain about, you know, covering. I don't think they are complaining. <laughs> oh, I'm sure some guys are. But anyway, speaking of which, let's get to Immaculate Coach Nelson, Nelson Mingachotes. Coaches won 20 straight games. And in fact, he wasn't even there for the loss. As I came <laughs> to find out in his season opener against Danbury, it is Immaculate Coach Nelson Mingachotes. Nelson, we had you as our first guest on the Give and go, or what? I'm sorry, the soccer podcast, just for kicks, way back in 2018. Welcome to the Courtside with Joe Morelli podcast. How are you? Great, thanks, guys, for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, as we mentioned, you lose the Susan opener to Danbury. Yeah, where were you, Coach? Yeah, where, he was at. Go ahead, explain to him. Go ahead. I was at uh, my nephew uh, Ryan. He was graduating from George Mason. Right. So you know, I had to head down there. You know, family always comes first. So. Yes. No, he wanted me down there, so uh, of course I made a trip down there. Uh, are you even the least bit shocked, surprised? We're sitting here twenty and one, talking about you as the one seed in the semifinals. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I would never have thought, you know, losing, you know, especially my three great guards I had last year, Mikey right. Basile, uh, Jack Woods, and um, Quinn Guth. You know, I would never have thought we would be sitting here at twenty and one. You know, listen, I would have been happy at five hundred have an opportunity to play in the state tournament and uh, see what would happen. But to sit where we are right now, uh, it's a testament to the kids, how hard they've worked in the off season, and uh, listen to the coaching staff and, uh, and doing all the little things. Yeah, what has been the secret to success besides what you said, just being able to have that kind of winning streak? We know how hard it is just to win a game, let alone 20 yeah. games against guys who are trying to knock you guys off every single time. You know, uh, I'll start off. I want to say I think I have a outstanding coaching staff, okay. and uh, Seth Babikian, who's been with me for oh, the Seth. last seven, That's eight right. years. Um, Kyle Liddy, who uh, was with us and came back this year. Um, Mike Acevedo and Howie Bussey. Um, you know what? They they put their work in. Uh, they work with the kids very hard. Um, and I always say I think we have uh, a lot of smart kids on our team. You know, they're um, they know the game. Uh, they listen to what we want them to do. They do it. They execute it. Um, and, and that's what I'm going to say our success has been is just, you know, those little things, those detailed things that we put at practice uh, regarding our opponents that they uh, really listen to and, and and do exactly what we ask them to do. And you guys are the top seed in the SWC tournament. You're hosting, uh, I believe, number four, Newtown tonight. It was the closest game this year, if I'm not mistaken, 54-53 at Newtown. Your thoughts on Newtown? Tim Talcott and those guys and what they're going to bring tonight to your place. Yeah, you know, Tim's been great. He's been around for a long time. He knows our system. He knows what we do. Yeah. Um, he does a great job over at Newtown. Um, and Newtown has great athletes, you know. Um, you, you saw what they did in football. Riley in the football, where they wore what he did in football, and now he's doing it on the basketball court. Um, great Peterson. Athlete. Yeah, great athletes. Um, you know, strong kids, tough kids. Um you know, 
it's going to be a battle. It's definitely going to be a battle tonight. And listen, you know, we tell our kids, you know, none of these teams are coming in here and just handing it over to you. Um, they're going to come in. They want to be the team that knocks off the one seed. Um, the bullseye is a little bigger on the back, which is fine, which we're used to it. Um, so, you know what, we'll do what we do, and let's see what happens. You you guys, uh, Coach, you guys, uh, it's been a while since you guys won this league. What was it, 2012 with Dan McCorkle? Back in, uh, yeah. yeah, 12. I mean, last year you, you thought you had it, but Maximus yeah. says where you just suddenly hit a buzzer beater. You just break <laughs> your heart. You know, I mean, how yeah. impo- how important is it if you guys to finally get over the hump here after you've been here three out of the last four years? Uh, you know, obviously Notre Dame Fairfield was really tough back back with Tyler Bourne and those guys. Uh, and now this seems like this is going mean, to, despite the fact that you didn't think you were going to be here at this point, but this you got to get it now, right? Oh, you know what? You would like to get it. You know, we, we I think about it all the time. It's been a long time. It's been eight years. 2012 is the last one. I've won more state championships than I have league <laughs> t- championships. Um, you know what? It's a great league, and I always say that. You know, I, I think we have a lot of great leagues in our, in our state, and I think the SWC is one of them, you know. Um, you know, Max Edwards' shot last year was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, you look at it and you just tip your hat off and you say, you know what, we did everything we could, and he comes down and hits that great three-pointer at the buzzer. Um, was it tough? Yeah. Do I still think about it? Yeah. Um, do I bring it up to the kids all the time? Yeah. Um, yeah, we're hoping this could be the year, but you know what, we're not thinking about the finals. We're thinking about Newtown right now in the semifinals, and if we're lucky enough to get by them and have an opportunity to compete for another championship, then we'll take it from there. It seems like a lot of coaches, either at least publicly to the media, don't like to mention uh, we don't talk about it or we don't talk about defending a title, but you guys seem to be embracing the whole Max Edwards shot as motivation versus what I just said. Why is that? Why do you think people choose to do it the other way versus the way you're doing it. Oh, you know what? I, I bring it up just as a learning, a learning uh, thing for the kids. You know what we could have done different. What could we have done better? Um, you know what? And you know, Max Edwards, the lefty, and we let him go left. We should have let him go right. Um, so for us, it's a learning tool for the kids. Um, why other coaches don't feel that way? Eh, you know what? Each its own, and uh, we think we, we look at things a little different. We, uh, we before we we, we we put you on, we were I was I was kind of you know, lamenting the fact that you guys have gone to this you know this 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 home game thing where we can't watch all the teams at uh, in at one side. I don't know why you guys did it. I, I said you know it, I felt to me at least from a media standpoint you know it kind of takes away from that whole event thing. But why did you guys go to this you know this everyone gets a home game and you play at a neutral site for the final? You know what well, I, I think it went to more of. Um, you know, the games have to be at a big facility, and most mm. of them were at Massac or at Benell um, or Weston. And those teams were always in the tournament, and some of the coaches felt that, example, if I was a one seed and I have to go to Massac, who's an eight seed, i got to go play them at their house. Right. You know, what kind of advantage is that? You know, I've worked, our kids have worked tremendously hard all year to be a one seed, and now we got to go to play Massac at Massac. You know, that's not an advantage for being a one seed. What we get to wear are white jerseys. Um, right. So, you know, the coaches discussed it, and we decided that we were going to, you know, bring it to the higher seeds, one and two. We're going to have the host of quarters and the semis. And then, obviously, the finals would be true neutral site we would see what teams were in it and then from there we make a decision on who would host it and where we would be going 
Um, listen, I would have loved to keep it a Super Saturday. I thought it was awesome. Um, but playing someone at their house as a higher seed, um, I, I think that last year we did it. I think Kobe was a two seed. And I think Masik, matter of fact, was a seven seed. And Masik ended up knocking off uh, Kobe that year. Right. Uh, at Massex, so kind of really kind of changed everything. That's why we made it, mm. the decision to to take it to the one two seed. And it's tough. The geography is tough, and I get that too. And there's no like real central site. I mean, you want to talk about the Sheen Center? That's in that's in Bridgeport. Maybe you know, yeah. maybe like something like Westcon. That's way the heck up in Danbury. I you know. I yeah. get, I understand how that all works. It's still to me though. I love seeing all the league teams at one spot. I wish you guys to do it, but I totally understand that. I totally get it. But whatever. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Being a one seed, I love having the quarters and semis at my house. Yeah. <laughs> I love playing at home. Yeah. <laughs> so it was an advantage for us. You know, and, and you know what? And we talked to the kids all year saying, listen, we have to be a one or two seed. We've got to try to host, um, you know, the quarters and semis. Listen, I feel a lot more comfortable playing Newtown tonight at home than I would be going to Newtown. You know, it's a tough gym. Uh, it's a big gym, uh, real deep. Um, so, you know what? Having that one seed, being able to play a home, the quarters, in the semis, uh, to me, it's huge. Too much logistics to maybe have the one seed host like a quarterfinals or something like that or a semis? Nah, you know what? It, it, I don't know if our gym can hold mm, that many. You know, right. I think we could hold about six, 700, <laughs> and you always want a, a bigger gym to hold something like that. Like in the gotcha. quarters or semis, you're okay. Now you got, you know, eight teams coming into one gym. It's got to be a pretty big gym. And, and SWC really packs them in, so. The Macklin coach, Nelson Mingotch, was joining us. The Mustangs have won 20 straight. They're hosting Newtown tonight in the semifinals of the Southwest Conference Tournament. Coach, next week we start the Division One tournament. He went to the semifinals last year. He faced Windsor uh, in a great game up at uh, the University of Hartford. Can you give me some thoughts on Division One? Because you look like you're going to be seated fifth. Uh, your thoughts about the field? Yeah, you know, I think the Division One field is, is ridiculous, I think. Anywhere you're sitting from, you know, 1 to 13, 14, um, it's going to be a game each and every night. Um, I mean, you even look down at the bottom of the bottom group with Greenwich and Notre Dame and, and Sinsbury. I mean, those are great teams. I mean, they can knock off anyone on any given night. Um, so Division One is going to be a battle. Um, who do I think is the favorites? Listen, you've got to keep East Catholic. You've got to put Windsor up there. And you know what? I think Trinity is playing really well right now, even though they had a tough one against Wilton. I think Trinity is very good. Mm. Um, and, and and then you've got a bunch of other teams that, uh, you know, listen, Wilbur Cross knocking off, you know, Hill House last night. Um, you can't take them lightly at the 14th seed. Um, you know, Richfield, I think, is outstanding um, from the FCAC. Um, so, you know what? I think Division One is loaded. Um, I think it's going to be an exciting tournament. Um, but the favorites, I would have to say, you've you, you got to keep East Catholic and Windsor up on the top two. I mean, they've been a legit program the last couple years, um, and I think they are this year as well. You mentioned Trinity Catholic. We talked about an opening, obviously, with the school closing. As a, an athletic director at a small uh, in, Catholic, uh, parochial institution, I'm sure you guys, as most of us, can feel for those kids and those teachers, they're, they're yeah. all going to have to go their separate ways. Can you feel for them and what they're going through? Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's, it's a sad time, uh, obviously, for Trinity. Um, you know, 
especially, you know, we talked about it at our administrative meeting just the other day. You know, you think about those juniors that are going to be seniors. You know, they're not going to be able to graduate from a high school that they've known for the last three years. Yep. Um, you know what, uh, in, in the history of that school and what they've done uh, is, is unbelievable. So for them to shut down, obviously, it's, uh, it's sad. And um, you know what, you hope you're never in that situation. And, you know, being an immaculate coach and being around as an alumni here, um, I hope it never happens immaculate what do you see as what might have been the reason i mean i it just seemed like the enrollment just kind of declined i mean i i, I don't know where almost i mean um i mean I, yeah I, 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 go ahead i don't know i i don't know if it was you know obviously finance is always an issue with you know uh catholic schools um you know i don't know what happened or how it happened um you just feel bad for them you wish it never happened. Yeah, is there something like, you know, you guys have kind of like, you know, keep your eye on maybe, it seems like you guys are doing fine. I know you've you've co-opted a few times, your school has had, you know, enrollment stuff, but you've co-opted in a few, like football, for example, and hockey. Yep. But um, it seems like you guys are doing okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our numbers are fine. Good. You, you know, uh, our missions director, Tom Burns, does a great job in, uh, in, in touching base with uh, a lot of our parochial school schools, our sister schools. Um, which we benefit from, you know, there's, there's about seven or eight parochial schools in the area um, that, you know, a lot of those kids do attend Immaculate High School. Um, so we're okay with that. You think uh, anyone wants to try take the, the ride up Route 7 and go to Immaculate now at <laughs> Trinity? Uh, uh, listen, I would love to. I would love for them to come. I'll give them directions. Uh, not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Immaculate Coach Nelson Magachos, uh joining us in the podcast. Thank you, Coach. Uh, we have a big one tonight against Newtown at seven o'clock. Southwest Conference Tournament Semifinals. The Mustangs have won twenty straight. They win. They're in the final Thursday night at a site TBA. Nelson, thank you for joining us on Game Day. We appreciate it. Good luck tonight. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it for having me. All right, Coach. Take it easy. All yeah. right, guys. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. We'll, we'll talk to you later. Great right. job. All right. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right, All Nelson. Right. Thank you. That was Nelson Mingachos uh, from Immaculate, and then they're in the semifinals tonight. Lots of semifinals tonight. ECC returning to the Mohegan Sun, Division One, Division Two, for the second straight year. The championships, the only championships tonight. Everybody else is semifinals. We have the sports doctor from Game Day CT, the day of New London, our guy, Keith O'Brien. Keith. Welcome back to the program. We all psyched for the casino tonight. Uh, we're we're always psyched for the casino, Joe. It's a uh, <laughs> it's a fun night over at the Mohegan Sun. Uh, we got four four really good programs in there from our league. Obviously, Plainfield and St. Bernard's in Division Two. St. Bernard's going for their third straight Division Two title. Head coach Mark Jones and that crew they know how to win. And then you've got Ledger Dave Cornish, a Ledger basketball coach finally gets a chance to walk onto the Mohegan Sun floor as a head coach. And they'll, and they will take on undefeated. The reward Dave is taking on undefeated at number four in the state, the NFA Wildcats. And the second half of the semifinal tonight at Waterford High School, NFA was just clicking on all cylinders, guys. Really quickly, before we get into the matchups, uh, Keith, we talked last year about, oh, you know, these teams, they're going to play on the floor like Waterford did and then go back and play in the final there. Having the girls there now, what has been the reception and the people, the thought process as far as playing the ECC there and how great it is? You live out that way. What is, how is the feeling amongst the schools there playing at Mohegan for the conference championship versus playing at Waterford, the X, or wherever? Well, I, I think we saw it firsthand last Tuesday with the girls' team, the girls' games, because 
uh, there was 2,200 paid in the building and 2,700. That's, that's amazing. A lot. That's and, a lot. And, yeah, NFA was the big draw. But the one thing I did notice is the support that those schools got from other teams in the league. Like the entire Ledger girls basketball team was there. The entire Wheeler girls basketball team was there. So I, I think what you're starting to see now is not only the fans are coming out to those games, but the schools are starting to support it as well. So when you're getting big groups, the entire New London girls basketball team, although they didn't play in the game, they were all there. And I think that really helps to the atmosphere. So when you can get 2,200 yeah. on a Tuesday night for girls basketball, that's a pretty big deal. You know, As far as the boys go, I mean, hey, you're going to have a fun night there. Like I said, you've got a couple of teams who – haven't had a chance to play on that floor, you know, playing field. And we talked about Ledger, but, you know, NFA was there last year. Right. Their student section will travel. You know, we're expecting, you know, close to 4,000 tonight. Wow. You know, we were just talking to Nelson Mangachos from uh, Immaculate, and I was kind of lamenting the fact that the SWC doesn't have anything. They they play a, they basically play a neutral court at the local high school over there. Um, and they play throughout the tournament. They play at, at their own sites. Meanwhile, ECC, right. I thought, and I didn't think it was going to be a good idea if they split the two, uh, they split it in half and make it two. Th- but I thought, it, but when it turns out, that's that's really what boosts this thing. You have the small schools. You give them their tournament. They have a, you know, they have a great little setup, and you know, they're not going to play the NFA, so they don't have to complain. They get to go to Mohegan Sun, so that's one. You have two fan bases there for that, and then you go with the the division ones, the ones that traditionally won the big tournament back when it was one, one thing, and now you have those right. two fan bases coming in, and it's just a real, it's turned into a real good showcase event for the ECC. Really, I, I, I think they've done a tremendous job with it. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and I think last year, if we were kind of, you know, putting our toes in the water and the whole thing and the relationship with the league and Jimmy Bunicor and mm. Tom Cantone to Mohegan Sun, I think if they were cautiously optimistic last year, well, last Tuesday kind of sealed the deal a little bit that this thing is going to be a you know, a marriage to last down the road between the league and the Mohegan Sun because, you know, they're in it to make money. The league is in it to showcase themselves and for the kids, and it was a win-win last Tuesday, and I expect the very same thing tonight. And, like, the whole idea, would everybody was so concerned with the CIAC about, all oh, these guys are going to go in a gambling establishment back in 08, 09, and how much, how well it's ah. worked out for them. But how well it's ah. worked out for them, Keith, and like you said, the Mohegan Sun, the establishment, it wants to bring different people in the building. And that's what we're doing tonight. That's what we did last Tuesday. And hopefully that's what we'll do uh, March 21st and 22nd. And that's what it's all about, correct? Yeah, I would think so, Joe. And I, I don't see 16- and 17-year-old high school basketball players on the gambling floor. Exactly. Playing I, I, exactly. Mom and dad wants to come in and spend money in the restaurants. That's fine. But just you, you just talked about some of the other leagues that don't do a lot for their conference tournaments. You know, when your season ends as a regular season, as, as a basketball player, whether it's boys or girls, and you know if you can get hot for a couple of days, you could play at the Mohegan Sun, that's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely big deal. Keith O'Brien from Game JCT joining us on the Courtside Podcast. Game one at 6 o'clock tonight, so get there early if you want to gamble. Uh, if, you're, if you're about <laughs> over the age of 18, for those who are listening who are high school age on the podcast, um, you have St. Bernard going for the fourth straight title in Division Two, playing, as you said, the upstart playing field, the sixth seed. Uh, just give you can handicap the game for us and what you think. Uh, I think it's going to be a huge undertaking for Bobby Aramoni in Plainfield. Um, Bobby Aramoni over 500 career wins in the uh, state. Yes. His first trip ever to the Mohegan Sun to play in a game like this. Uh, Mark Jones, this is a different St. Bernard's team, fellas. They are young. 
Uh, you know, young Tyson Wheeler Jr. at guard is a guy name you guys know, and some of the other players. He's he's you know. Uh, Walker Belarjan is there, Hunter's brother. Um, it's a younger core for Mark. And the one thing that Mark has done is he has allowed his two freshman guards to play throughout the season. So he, you know what, he rode the growing pains, these kids. He sprinkled in a junior and a senior and Nate Avery. Uh, and it's worked out for him. And again, they got hot down the stretch of the season. They won seven straight till they lost against Waterford, I believe, in the last game of the season. But you know, they got hot at the right time, and they've kept things rolling. Mark Jones is a tremendous, tremendous coach, not only in the league, but across the state as well. Yeah, I saw them back in December. I saw them in the uh, consolation game of the Notre Dame tournament against Holy Cross. And when you play those teams, I'm sure it prepares you for the schedule that you play. I mean, you play those this Holy Cross. Yeah, they played, and, you know, they played Immaculate this year, right. and again, they played Waterford, which is a down a little bit, but still, those are big games, and you know, when you've, when you've established yourself as a program, the way Mark did four years ago, it's kind of carrying over because it becomes infectious. Now you're getting, it's not just the cycle of kids that are coming through, you know, it's a system of kids coming through. So, right. like I said, with the freshmen that they have and a couple of the sophomores and, you know, a junior and only one senior really in Nate Avery that contributes, they're, they're going to have a good squad, not only this year come tournament time in the state, but next year as well. Tyson Wheeler, that, that's, that's Tyson Wheeler's kid, right? Yes. Yeah, it is. That, that that tells you how old we all are. Yeah, yes. Because we're yes. now calling games with Tyson Wheeler. He obviously played at New London. We're on to play the URI. But, yeah, yeah his, his young son's out there doing work, man. It's fun to watch. I saw – the last time I saw Tyson Wheeler play was – get this, all right? It was like 1996. I was covering yeah. for the Daily Orange Syracuse or whatever, and there he came into the building to play Syracuse for Marathon Oil. Remember that? <laughs> Remember those teams? Yes. 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 Boy, yes. That was the last time I saw a Tyson Wheeler player because he was trying to get back into the league and, you know, trying to get his thing going. It's good to see that his kids are uh, playing well. I love yeah, that. He's, like, on the, he's on the bench. He's on the bench up at UMass now this year, too. So Tyson found a good home up at UMass. Oh, he's very doing, nice. He's so doing play. great things with college basketball and high school. So Plainfield has its work cut off for them tonight, yes? I would think so. I would think so. They got a big, uh, a big kid, Brent Weldy. You'll see a lot of him down low. He's six foot three. He's going to have to be active. Uh, you know, he will have to be the bread and butter tonight. But it's going to be awfully hard for those Plainfield guards to match up with St. Bernard's. I think, I think St. Bernard's will win this game quite handily. Yeah, and the uh, the heavyweight matchup, yeah. the uh, not the undercard. Yeah. Uh, the we have Norwich Free Academy, as you mentioned earlier, Keith, that they were there last year and they ran into the bus. So that was Waterford. Well, they beat Waterford on the way to tonight's final. They are undefeated. Only one of two left now because Sacred Heart lost. Just Prince Tech and NF North Tree Academy. The only two undefeated teams left in the state. They're facing Ledyard, who knocked off Fitch. Please give us some thoughts. Can Ledyard hang with this team? Uh, it's going to be awfully hard. One of Ledger's big Achilles heels is turnovers. They, you know, they're averaging 21 turnovers in a game that they win. That they win, so they can't do that tonight. They've got to find a way to take care of the basketball, and they've got to find a way to maximize each possession. They can't, you know, they can't, they can't leak out on possessions. They can't turn the ball over, and they can't take bad shots because if not, NFA will destroy them. And is very good at what they do. So, you know, Dave has just got to, you know, handle the pressure off NFA. Like they do that two-two-one half court. They run that big three-two matchup zone with Mason Jackson up top. So the ledger guards are kind of small compared to NFA. Can't turn the ball over, and you've got to maximize each 
possession offensively and try to find a way to hit the boards too. You know, Xander Hutchins is a big man up front. He can help him out. But there's one kid for Ledger to keep an eye on tonight. His name is Jabari Jones. Yep. Jabari will have to play extremely well. I believe he had 26 the other night against Fitch. And I referred to him in our broadcast as a Dominique Wilkins type of player. Mm-hmm. And he's going to need that type of performance tonight just to keep Ledger in the game. You know, there's a lot of pious people who are listening who don't even know who Dominique Wilkins is. Yeah. Keith, no, look him, look, look him up. Google him. Dominique, yeah. you guys, tremendous. You guys know University yeah, of Georgia, know. Atlanta Hawks. Oh, yeah. my God. Keith you know, listen, the book. Good. Go ahead. Go ahead. And the book on NFA has been, you know, I. this is my sixth year involved in game day, and I think this is Chris Giusti's seventh year as a head coach. Yep. He won this tournament. Uh, his first year taking over for Neil Crowen. He had a young man by the name of Marcus Outlow yep. yeah. uh, on, the, on the floor. My that boy. just, you know, went to town. Yeah. And Marcus is now on the bench with Juice. So yeah. this is, guys, this may not be the most talented team I've seen from NFA, but this is the best team. These kids like each other. They play together so well. They're extremely unselfish. And the one thing I've noticed about this club this year is they've gotten better defensively as the year goes along. Again, they run that 3-2 matchup zone. When you got a six foot five kid like Mason Jackson up front on that three-two matchup and not down on the block, boy, that's that poses a lot of problems for a lot of teams. Yeah, create... they've they've basically buzzsawed everybody in the ECC and they've handled their out of you know their out of conference schedule with these two. And we had Chris Juicy on the podcast last week, and he said basically said as much. And we talked about Division One. Now, listen, you guys do a great job in the southeast corner of the state. But you guys ventured a little bit out of your area to go yeah. do the uh, East Catholic Windsor game. So you saw the two best teams in the state, uh, at least in my mind, until and they are in the poll. And, yeah. and Keith is a, a voter as well as I am. Yeah. So your thoughts on the Division One field and where NFA stacks up as the two seed? No, it's a crapshoot because I think if you if NFA could win a couple of games, the quarterfinal game would be against Hillhouse, I do believe. I think NFA is with the two seed. Or Trinity Catholic. Uh, a, yeah, I mean, so – yeah, I mean, guys, those teams are really, really good yep. teams, and those are good programs. And, you know, you have an off night, you could get run out of the gym. NFA's style plays into the hands of an East Catholic more than it would at Windsor. Okay. You know, Windsor likes to get up and down and shoot the three. Yeah. So if styles determine fights, right. I could see NFA matching up better against East Catholic. I think they might have their hands full against Windsor because I think with Windsor – they're going to do their thing against no matter who they do it against. We saw them run against East Catholic. They just couldn't knock down any three-point shots. Correct. You know, they hit a few threes. You know, they win that game. So, you know, is NFA good enough to get back to the Mohegan Sun after tonight? Yes. Could wow. they get picked off in the quarterfinals? Yes. So, there's a, you know, again, it's high school basketball. And if you're knocking down shots and you've got a couple of kids helping you out along the way – you're pretty good. That's the one thing you noticed about NFA is, you know, they have the Jared Martin kid who's really, really good. Now, Xavier Marquez can score 20 a night. Jackson scored 26 the other night. It doesn't seem – offense doesn't seem to focus around one player. Whoever's got the hot hand at that time can carry that team. There's a lot of good moving pieces to that puzzle, which, you know, maybe in East Catholic, if they're not getting it from Nolan, you know, who do they get it from? For NFA, they've got three or four guys out there that can bring it every night on the offensive end. Not one guy, this makes sense not, feels the pressure 
carry the load offensively for that team. You know, I feel like the ECC, especially, you know, the last few years, I mean, when you talk about football and stuff, ECC's got to, you know, kind of have a little bit of a chip on its shoulder. Like, it, 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 they play really, really well out in the Southeast, and then they get into the States, and, they, you know, sometimes they get shown the door a little too earlier than everyone would like. So I think this is really important for NFA to kind of show up and show what it, you know, show what it's about. If it's, you know, 20 and 0. Go ahead. Hey, listen, I think you're right about some of the bigger schools, Sean, but you, you got also got to wonder what if it's back-to-back state champion. Oh, no, uh, they, absolutely. They absolutely. I completely forgot about that. Our, our state I coach of the year last bigger year. Schools, the, the big thing now is I, I think the big criticism of NFA is it, it's one of the like one of the top two or three largest schools in the state. Yeah. You know, when they get on to that next level, whether it's football, do they – if it's smoked by Southington or Xavier, you know, whether it's basketball, who picks them off in the state tournament, it's going to be a Hill House. I, I think that that's, that's the big question mark right. with the league. How good can your biggest and supposedly most talented stool, school right. do on a big stage? So NFA can, can answer some of those whispers tonight. Last time the NFA was in a state championship game. Neil Crowan was the coach. And Mark Jones, who's coach at St. Bernard's, was their star player. I believe oh they left the Warring Harding up at up at Central Connecticut. I, I, I remember I was at that game uh, with Jeff Blenderman, a good friend of mine. So it's been a long time since that basketball team has had a taste on a state level. Maybe this is the year that they mm. get a little taste and, and get themselves at least to a – quarter or a semifinal in the, in the uh in the class yeah out. And division one is so division tough one. right division Five one top. is so tough um but you know the very interesting thing is they got the juicy they got marcus that I mean and kind of carrying over they have some football players they have nolan there and some of the other guys and uh their big thing leaving or going to the end of the football season and even carrying the basketball season i saw the nfa student section twitter account which has been great um crazy yeah they they have the hashtag nfa versus everybody they got a chip on their shoulder we even talked to chris about that last week a little bit but uh yeah you're absolutely right those, you know, kids, those kids wear t-shirts first of all they walk around with bobbleheads of the sports doctor yeah. which i love and then I'm sure you do secondly the, those kids have uh t-shirts that say nfa versus everybody yep. and they've taken on that mentality this year in basketball and so far they have beaten everybody and those students are going to show up tonight big time and uh, i have a lot of fun with those kids those kids have a lot of fun with me. They dish it out. They can take it. And I think that's one of the most exciting things I like being involved in this project. We can go to these high school gyms, guys, and these student sections, they love Casey in the sports now. Yeah, I would love to see them really show up and kind of disrupt the EC, Sorry, the uh, Division One state tournament. I'd love to see that. Uh, Keith, before I let you go, yeah, give us – what's that? You got one well, more thing? I wanted to mention you, – you mentioned Keith Waterford, and I only say this because last year I don't think people really understand and appreciate – how tough a school of what? How many boys, Waterford? You know off the top of your well, head? Like, uh, not many. Okay. They it's go like 500, right? Okay. It's less than that, right? Uh, maybe it's 400 less, something. Yeah, if that. They go to beat that, yeah. one of the largest enrollment schools in the state, in New Britain, in the Division yeah. Two final. I don't think people understand how remarkable that really is, Looking, taking a step back from it, and the fact that they won two in a row. And he was our state coach of the year, and I, I mean – and Bill Bass is one of the tremendous people. We 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 kid with him with the whole tie thing and in the basketball <laughs> yeah, tie, but he did a tremendous job. And, help now, him in the semis. and now it's NFA's turn. Um, and I'm sorry. Hey, that loss, that loss by Bill Bassett the other day was the first time he won 15 straight postseason yeah. games until then. That's yeah. incredible. Think about that. Yeah, 15 it's a, it's, straight postseason games. Which is Waterford High School. That's what I'm saying. Now, again, we talk about the ECC having a chip on his shoulder. He's got a couple of chips the last two years, and, and or actually four, because of the ECC. 
and what they've done, this, they've kind of set the stage the for school, NFA to try to do the same the thing. The school overall has been great as far as you know sports goes. Football, baseball, semifinals and, yeah. this year, baseball. They've been a, baseball great. state championships yeah. two out of the last three years. Yeah, real. Well, they've been a great baseball program for right. a long time. Yeah. So anyway, you were going to say something. no. Eleven just state gonna, championships. Eleven. How eleven? Yeah, eleven state championships. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Ahead, uh, just uh, give us a uh, how can everyone watch the games tonight? You know where where do they go? What do they need to do? It's gonna be on like it, give us the give us a lowdown for game day. Yep. Yeah, it's gonna be on uh, the day dot com. So that will give you the link to YouTube and YouTube TV and all that stuff. So game day the the day dot com. Uh, tune in across the state. You get a chance to see the number four team in the state in NFA. Take it on Ledger at eight o'clock, and then the warm up at six o'clock will be St. Bernard's. Um, against Plainfield, and I can't, you know, you guys know about the game day production. I can't say enough mm. about our producer, Peter Wappi, uh, Mike DeMauro, who works with, with us tonight, Casey O'Neill, my, my broadcast partner, and the people at the Mohegan Sun. Listen, it's an easy gig for us, fellas. We show up, they pamper us, we have instant replay. It is, it is big time. It's not only big time for the students, it's not only big time for the parents, it's not only big time for the athletes, but it's big time for us as well. It's yeah. a it's a lot of, lot of fun. And there's there's going to be some good things coming up on game day, too. A slam jam fest over at NFA nice. on the 28th. We'll talk about that as we go along a little bit as well. So a lot of, a lot of good things cooking here in southeastern Connecticut. And, I'm listen, I'm proud to be part of it. I'm a very small part of it. But I'm proud, and I'm, I'm proud of the support that we received not only from game time and the New Haven Register, but people across the state and the people in southeastern Connecticut. And that's Keith O'Brien from Game Tage CT. You'll be hearing him on the uh, webcast tonight uh, as, as he aforementioned, the ECC finals at the Mohegan Sun Arena. He's a pretty good golfer, too. Keith, uh, it, it's almost I'm going to get you out there very, very soon, my friend. Well, see, I'm still jealous that you got to play Pebble Beach last year. I'm still oh. very, <laughs> very – and Bay Hill – you know, those are two yeah, places. I'm, what's that? What? So make it happen. Quit going to the Yankee games on weekends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, my wife would probably appreciate if I didn't go, but I, I don't think golf is in my future uh, flying somewhere. But anyway, Keith, good luck. Hopefully I'll see you there in a few hours. It should be fun. All right, Joe, Sean, the guys, thank you very much. Keep up the great work. All right, thanks. That was Keith O'Brien, and, you know, obviously he's excited about – Going to Mohegan and the ECC Finals, I mean, they've done such a great job all year. I mean, for them to venture out of their comfort zone and go do East Catholic Windsor, I think it did a great number from what he told me. And uh, I'm looking forward to tonight. Again, I'm curious about NFA. Yeah, I'm very curious. Again, Division One is so loaded. As I've said countless times on this podcast, you have to be really great to win four or five games in the Division One tournament to be a champion. Mm-hmm. You are the undisputed heavyweight champion if you win Division One. But for now, it's about the ECC, and that's where NFA's focused. That's where St. Bernard's focused. And it should be fun at the Mohegan tonight, Sean. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm kind of jealous you're going to get, get there. I'll get my, my my jump into the Mohegan Sun when we get to the state yeah, finals. Yeah, you go to the CCC's tonight, right? Yeah, I'll be out the, up at the CCC's and see if we yep. can get that Windsor East Catholic showdown. Yep. Uh, but just quick on the game today. Listen, there was, there was a big online media blitz. You had CPTV Sports. You had all these, you know, you had Hand Network. You had all these things. And slowly but surely, they've kind of like fallen off for whatever reason. They can't, they can't sustain it financially. But it's good to see that the day of New London, you know, it's one of our sort of competitors. I mean, there's only three major, three major or four major uh, papers or news organizations left in the state. And CPTV Sports is gone. You know, uh, 
I'm just really glad that the day has kind of stepped up a little bit here and gotten still given us that online streaming coverage. You do have NFHS Network, but that's still subscription. The day gives it out for free. They go they go up to uh, Windsor, they, East Catholic. I thought that was a big step for them. I thought yeah, exactly. it was great. Right. You do have Local Live as well, which is another good one. That's down in Fairfield County, but they don't do a ton of stuff. But the, but the day is really, not to toot their horn, but the day has really kind of stepped up their coverage here, and it's been great. And, uh, again, like they did the Windsor and East Catholic game, and Peter Wappy does a great job with the yep. productions. They do a little, you know, vignettes and, and uh, little stories leading up to the game to kind of give it a little boost. So we're happy. I, mean, I think we're going to have their their YouTube link on our website as well. But definitely go to the day, the, the day.com and check that out and, uh, you know, and see what a great job they did because they do an amazing job. I mean, it was really great because they did the NFA New London game in football. And, like, Shelton, meanwhile, is sitting there. At Shelton High School, they're watching the game because they they needed New Orleans to beat NFA to get in, and they were you know they were watching the game. They see two things, so they they listen. Keith and those guys are a tremendous job. Well, and and I, I obviously concur on all those things. Obviously, we we first time we've had two guests on, so we didn't have as much time today because we need to get out to our games and, and and put the podcast up. Um, obviously, we you know the top ten didn't change this week. One uh, Immaculate and Hill House flip flop six and seven. Obviously, Hill House losing last night that's going to change. It's going to change a lot, I think. Um, so basically, uh, you can find the poll, you can find picks, you can find all that stuff on GameTimeCT.com. And I believe next week we're going to be a day earlier to give us go through predictions for the tournament and, and assess uh, the five division field. And look at this, Joe. We're going to be under an hour here, so that's tremendous. So uh, yeah, for too long-winded yeah. guys, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, that's going to be a wrap, wrap on the podcast. I mean. If you're listening to this after Tuesday, you're going to know everything that happens. The championships are Wednesday in the SEC and the NBL, and then we do a whole bunch of them on Thursday and yep. Friday. I mean, Thursday mostly. No. CCC, Windsor, and, and East Catholic, maybe. I mean, that's probably what we're looking at, but we'll, we'll see what North Catholic brings tonight. And then we go right in the state tournament. Pairings come out Wednesday. It's, <laughs> next thing you know, we'll be at Mohegan Sun for the actual state championship. So, whew, we got a lot to do, but uh, not a lot of time to do it. For sure, I'm Patrick Bowley. This is Joe Morelli from the Courtside Podcast. We'll talk to you next week.